episode 277, The Rant, Lauren Hammersley, women's collegiate basketball player at Assumption College, staying ready when it's time to play again. It was a Sunday at Island Garden. Normally, I'd be refing on a court, and she would be in her season with her team. But this isn't normal times. In this pod, we discuss her early life playing basketball, her success on the Lightning team at the AAU level, and what it means to her, success at Our Lady of Mercy Academy in high school, and playing at the next level. All that and more, my conversation with Lauren, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for the Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the Irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest in the Mickey Mouse Lounge of Island Garden, which is, I never understood what the purpose is of this room, but it, it has to be like some like pizza parties for kids that are like AU. I don't know, when, when you were a kid, did you? No, I've never seen no pizza, parties up here. No pizza parties. I'd guess that's what it's for, <laughs> <laughs> if I had to guess. Okay, but we have a, a lightning legend, somebody that's a Our Lady of Mercy High school inside asset basketball player alumni, and of course a, a current basketball player on the collegiate side of Assumption College, Lauren Hammersley. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I, I wanted to say hi to you on Sunday. Uh, I, I had the pleasure to, I guess, film and and be invasive and watch you guys uh, do your thing coaching. And I saw you doing your thing, and I just I didn't want to mess up your mm-hmm. rhythm, but I was excited to see what you know that people are doing things because everything is just like so messed up and. You know, it's cool that you're still engaged in the game of basketball, even though your, you know, your athletic career right now is on pause. And, you know, we're taping this on December 9th on a Wednesday. And you did tell me off air that uh, your school's going to make a decision if, you know, hopefully that you do. But I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully we get that decision uh, tomorrow, December 10th. Uh, fingers crossed we get to play, but we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, I think that this is just like a completely unusual circumstance because like here is like my home. Like at the end of the day, I'm always here refing on court one at 615 and maybe I'm like on court three on a Thursday night and that hasn't been for a very long time, right? So it's really funny because now I'm here and I'm doing podcasts and I've always wanted to do, I don't know about in the uh, Fantasia room, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's a pleasure to speak to somebody like you and 
you know, I wouldn't have this opportunity if the coronavirus didn't exist because you'd probably be at school. Correct. At practice. Correct. And that's not happening in your home. And I'm here. So what I wanted to ask you, especially like coming from March, you know, how are you doing with the coronavirus? How is your family doing? And when was the moment that you took all this serious? Like, let's go back all the way to March. So back in March, uh, we got sent home from school for spring break. And we thought we we're going to go back after the week. And then they extended the date another week. And they extended the date another week. And then all of a sudden we all started like, are we even going to ever go back? Mm -hmm. And then I think that's when I started to like really take it into account. Like, wow, like we're not even going back to school. This yeah. is crazy. So for those few months, everything was just shut down, stayed at home. My family and I tried to get out for some walks, but it was hard because, you know, everyone was staying inside. Right. Hard to work out. Couldn't go to the gym. Luckily, where I am now, there were some outdoor courts that still had the hoops up, so I was able to get there by myself, no one near me, get some shots up. It was outside, so it was a little different. Mm -hmm. And then for lifting purposes, I would use, like, gallons of milk filled with sand, coolers filled with sand, and just try to get after it. I mean, it was it was a tough time, but got to find ways to push through. Yeah. Was there a specific moment back in March where you were like, because I think of it this way, and we'll do it within the context of what we know. Back when I went to Kellenberg before, I went in like the 90s where it had to be like 1.5 feet of snow in order mm -hmm. for it to be like a day off, right? But now, like I'd say like around when you were growing up, it's like if there's a dusting, <laughs> they don't trust kids to drive and they don't know what's mm -hmm. going to happen in the parking lot. Now you might be able to sue the school if things go awry. But there's something to be said of like, okay, one school day, I get that canceling school inexplicably mm -hmm. and then they say they're going to postpone it like for a week two weeks now we're talking about a month when was that moment when you felt like oh I'm, I'm not coming back on campus this might be affecting you know now my basketball season coming up yeah so I thought like after they send us home spring break I was like maybe give it two weeks I kept saying give it two weeks give it two weeks we'll go back after two weeks and then finally we got that call and I was just like or the email or whatever, and I was like, wow, we're really not going to go back. This is crazy. Um, I hope we can get back to campus in the fall, fall semester. And even that was still up in there. The whole summer, that's all me and my teammates were thinking about. Mm -hmm. Are we going to go back? Are we going to go back? Are they going to let us back? Eventually, they decided to let half the school back, so I ended up not going back in August, and I didn't go back till October. And when I went back in October... Luckily, we were able to practice, but then it was a matter of time before, are we really going to be here mm -hmm. from October through the rest of the semester? Eventually, we weren't. We got sent home three weeks after we were up at school, so right. it was crazy. Did you feel like when you were at school that it was only inevitable, only a matter of time that you were going to come back home? Yeah. yeah. I mean, every day, it, day in and day out, we were like, this could be our last day here. Mm -hmm. This could be our last day. Wow. So it was crazy. That's got to be very strange. And, and, you know, I think within the context of – just being a collegiate athlete, a college student, just in general. I'm trying to think about when I was in your shoes at that mm -hmm. time, if that happened. First of all, cell phones weren't as crazy as it is yeah. now. Like now you can like take a selfie. I'm like, yeah, I'm bored. Let's see. Oh, they got more <laughs> likes with me than being bored. But like, you know, there's ways that we can kind of still engage and, and still do things. We have Zoom and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I feel for somebody that's in your position. I feel for, and, and I think of it as my volleyball team, mm -hmm. where we won the championship last year. We didn't even get a chance to defend it. I still haven't seen the juniors that are now seniors. Crazy. I may, I may never coach them again. So it's like a blip in the radar where mm -hmm. 
you know, I didn't even continue that. And that's, you know, it sucks because it's like you have a senior year that you want to forget, but it's something that you, you always remember, like for a always, different thing. Always remember. Right. So in a bad, bad way. I want not a yeah. bad way, but in more negative way than positive way. Mm-hmm. You remember it like the whole year is waiting on what ifs, right. you know, which stinks. Right. At least the NCAA has accommodated you and now your eligibility has extended. But, you know, just as a college student and as a college athlete, what is it what is it like day in, day out of like not knowing it's just everything is just weird. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, normally it's such a set schedule. You know when you're going to practice, how long you have practice for, when your games are, when lift is when you have time to do homework, when you have time to eat. Like it comes down to little things like that because everything is just so planned out. Mm-hmm. And so now that everything is like up in the air, it's it's challenging to stay motivated. But mm-hmm. I mean, I've found ways this Island Garden where we are right now is my home, like my second home. I'm here every day. If it wasn't for crown basketball and T3 performance in the back, I, I mean, they've helped me get through this time. By giving me a place to work out. Mm. My final question in this particular part is this, and it, there's been so many different iterations of, you know, in the beginning we shut down. Mm-hmm. Then we found that in the city that the rims are getting taken down, some yeah. in Nassau County. And then, you know, I think in the summer, I think during Memorial Day, everyone's like, F it. Yeah. Like, we're, we're yeah. just going to back you. I don't care anymore. I'm just <laughs> frustrated with it. And now it's like, what's crazy is that when it initially got shut down, the numbers and the cases weren't as crazy. And now Mm -hmm. it's like triple as crazy, but like our behavior has kind of stayed the same as the the summer. What do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time? I think I learned that no matter what the circumstances, there's always a way to find solutions, uh, not excuses. And that was actually our team motto throughout the summer. And it just rang true. There's Mm -hmm. always a way to find solutions, not excuses. There's always something you could be doing, even when you are stuck at home. There's always a way to be working. And I just, I found that within myself mm-hmm. that there's never a time really to, that you could just be like, oh, I have nothing to do. There's, there's always something to do. Right. And you, you also, find it. you also think about just as you've been playing lightning all these years, you were so used to playing indoors, right? Yeah, and now yeah. you're like, oh man, like this year, these are things that we used to take for granted. And now it's mm-hmm. like, it's like the, the a luxury to have a rim, especially like around May. Yeah. It's like a luxury to have that. But, you know, obviously you have a deep passion. You play collegiate sports right now. You have a deep passion for sports. Having said that, where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and college? I grew up in Garden City, Long Island. Growing up, I played soccer, played basketball, played lacrosse for a few years, then switched over to softball for a few years, then stopped that. No volleyball. I didn't play volleyball mm. and I did play volleyball in middle school, seventh, eighth grade, and then in high school, my freshman, sophomore year. And then it came down to basketball. I mean, I really just wanted to focus on basketball. I, I just had a love for it and I didn't want to waste time playing another sport when I could be focusing on what I wanted to do. Mm. So I was a little younger and, you know, we didn't really have like a set AU you know, situation from when I was growing up. I think Island Garden, the first year of Island Garden was like already my senior year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you decided after trying all those different sports that you wanted to lock in in basketball. What was like that moment that you started taking it very serious where you were like, I want to be as as good as I can be. I want to play at the, when did that start happening? I always knew, well, growing up, I actually did like soccer better, but I always knew I loved basketball. So, 
when it came time to high school, my decision on where to go, actually, it was a lot of factors, but one of the factors that came down to it was basketball because I knew I wanted to have a great competitive uh, high school career in basketball. And I thought that Our Lady of Mercy was going to give me that best opportunity to have a competitive career. So I want to say, like, around eighth grade is when I started to take it, like, this is what I want to do, this is what I love, this is the sport I want to play. I mean, I still played other sports in high school for a few years, and then between my sophomore and junior year is when I really just took off, like, just basketball, basketball, basketball. Mm. Now, with that whole piece of just coupled it with um, playing for Lightning, just talk about what that did for for you to enrich your basketball experience because, you know, I think about my time at Kellenberg. Man, I was on the varsity team. It was obviously an honor and a pleasure to play it. But I realized that when I was in a game, I would always get two quick fouls. And I'm like, What's, what is this ref? Like, what is this ref looking at? But then I would think of it as, like, like looking back now, I'm like, yeah, because I always played at the playground. I never played with any type of parameters and organization. Yeah. So, like, it was always like, you know, playing the playground on the man. Then I get into a real game that's structured. Yeah, I can't, I, you can't play the same. So what did, what did Lightning do for you in terms of structure for basketball? It really just gave me – it taught me the game the right way. So a lot of people – when they're playing, they don't. A lot of people don't realize like how to play, like play the right way. Mm-hmm. And some people are all about scoring. Some people are all about rebounding and whatever. But it's really not just about the points you get. It's about the team. It's about getting the right shot at the right time, giving the ball to the right person who's open, make the extra pass if someone else like. So I think Lightning helped me growing up. I mean, I played it my whole life, so. I mean, my whole AU career until college, obviously. It just gave me that basketball IQ. It helped me learn how to play the game the right way. Mm. I had some great coaches along the way that just kept that, kept pushing us. So, What do you think was the biggest attribute, just being on the AAU circuit from all of those years? Do you think it was just the constant competition of you just trying to get better? and Or do you think it was more like the practices, the practices or the competition? I think it was a good mixture of both. Practices for AAU were less, obviously, high school practices every day. Mm -hmm. AAU, we probably practiced two to three times a week. So it wasn't, like, crazy. And then the competition was just unmatchable, really. We always played. My coach was Coach Greg Flynn, big head of, like, women's lightning. So he just always got us on the right courts against the right competition. And it was always the toughest competition. So he always made sure that we were getting, like, a good competitive game in Mm. and the teams we played were good and we didn't win every game we played but we got some good competition and some played some really great players which just helps the experience so much more and it helps you grow as a player because really the only way to like really grow I think is to play against other people Mm. Mm. you know just as you're talking I'm, I'm so sad that I just missed you because I just Maybe like within the past three years, I decided like I'm going all in on the women's side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I ref those Catholic League games. Obviously, I can't referee Kallenberg for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But there has been times where I've been in mercy and I've been yelled at by your, your <laughs> former coach. And I'm like, oh, OK, this this is what's happening right now. But it is such an honor to serve the Catholic League because I know how much important it is to me. I played mm-hmm. in it. And just talk about, you know, those nights just you know, going through those practices and, and you just your experience in its totality uh, going to Mercy and playing in the Catholic League. My four years there were a great experience. Uh, the Catholic League gave me competition that I, I don't think it could have matched anywhere else, especially my four years there. The other schools had some 
top, top players. So starting out my freshman year, I was the only freshman on the varsity. And I didn't get a lot of minutes, but I got better every day because the upperclassmen on my team just pushed me and pushed me. I could have stayed down on JV, but, I mean, the coach wanted to take me up, and I was happy that he did and didn't leave me down because of that extra competition and practice. And then that led to me being ready for the games the coming years against that great competition in the Catholic League. So the Catholic League really just is so competitive, and it's just it was a great league to play in, and mm. I loved it. Now, going through the whole recruitment process, how did that go about? Uh, and did that ramp up your junior year or senior year? And, and just talk about those experiences going through it. So my AAU season, junior year, going into senior year, or, yeah, so like that fall junior year and then spring junior year going into senior year is really when I started recruiting, getting recruited hard. Started reaching out to schools, reaching out to coaches. Uh, my coach, my lightning coach, Greg Flynn, he – he helped immensely, and he does that with all his teams. He gets his players to the right places and helps with that. So that's really when it started to take off. I started talking to Assumption in, I want to say, like April of my junior year and then eventually committed there the end of July before my senior year. So mm. it was a long process, but it was a good one. I mean, weighing your options, finding where you want to go. Mm. So. See, this is also an important thing because, you know, we, we talked about Morgan and just all the other girls that I've I've coached. Sometimes, you know, they could be Division One talent, Division Two talent, Division Three talent. But sometimes when you think about like a Division One situation, sometimes that might not be the best fit, even though it's like the shiny object, mm-hmm. right? You might have a much better experience at the D2, at the D3 level. What went through that that decision for you to go to Assumption? Was it because of like the fit? Was it because of the coaching? Was it more so of, you know, just the experience of Assumption College in general? I think it was a mixture of everything. I had some other D2 options, some D3s, obviously. And at the end of the day, I just loved the team at Assumption. I felt like I fit in great with the team. Everyone was so welcoming. And I could just tell that they were such a family, and I wanted to be part of that. The coaches are great, and they just made it, like so easy to want to go there Mm. um and the playing style like watching them I felt like that would be a good fit for me I wanted to play at the highest level I could like the most competitive level and at that time that was where that fit so over the D3 schools that were recruiting me that I was interested in I ended up going the assumption route because one the team the, the school was great they had my major and I just I wanted to play as competitive as I could. Mm. So just going back to your basketball experience in its totality, I think about me as a ref. When I first started refing, how I really got good was refing all these games at Island Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did CYO, and you have no idea what you're doing. And then when you get here, you're like, oh, these, these kids are good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need to start, like, really doing things. So what I wanted to ask you, is just from your experience being in Lightning and then Mercy and now playing in college, what has your perception of officials been this whole time? I mean, I think they put in a lot of work that people don't realize. People just get frustrated in the moment, like in the game, and take it out on the ref. They think everything's the ref's fault. Mm-hmm. However, I think that it it is harder. There's only two refs, and there's ten players on the court. It's hard for them to see everything. Uh, they, you can't expect them to make every single call the way you want it to go. That's just not how the game is played. Right. Uh, some things go your way, some things don't. And that's in life, too. Some things go your way, some things don't. So 
I mean, I think overall my experience with refs have been great. Uh, I never really had an issue with any refs. Yeah, you look like you play just legal. Just legal legal moves. Yeah. Not too much foul trouble. No. Yeah, not I, really. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Would you ever be an official yourself? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, you still got the playing bug. Yeah, I'm so, I, I just want to play right now, so... I don't know yet. All right, we're going to go to part two and figure that out at some point. Okay. But, um, you know, you, you mentioned Coach Flynn and how he's been instrumental getting you to the next level, and I'm sure I wanted to give you this opportunity to, to, you know, just shout out any of the other mentors that you had, who they are, what they've done for your career, and how do you think they've shaped the way you've helped people after you? I mean, I've had an immense amount of mentors. My dad, my mom, they're both such great mentors. My dad was a basketball college basketball player. He played at Hobart College. And just growing up, he he never was my direct coach, but he always helped me like grow as a player. He always coached me, helped me get better. And I think he was just a good, very good mentor for me. I loved learning from him. I still do learn from him every day. And my mom has just always been there. She wasn't a basketball player, but she tried to learn as much as she can. And she has, like over the years, she has now. And that just shows how much my parents have cared for my success in basketball and because they knew I loved it so they wanted to see me succeed and they've put in so much support and effort for me to do that mm. and then um, obviously my coaches along the way my coaches at Mercy all of I had three different coaches and all three of them they helped me grow as a person and a player coach Greg Flynn he really he took me under his wing and just he does that with all of his players so not just me but he helps get everyone to the place they want to go. He helps grow people as players and as as individuals. So he has helped me a lot. And Crown Basketball, I mentioned before, Chris Despera, Casey Cosgrove, and then uh, T3 Performance, Brian. They've put in so much work. I've been with them since 7th, 8th grade. And wow. since then, I mean, I've changed so much as a player mm-hmm. because they have just every – I mean, I'm here every single day. This is, like I said, my second home. So if it wasn't for them, I mean – I don't know how much I'd really grow Mm -hmm. as a player. Um, They've put so much time and effort into helping me get to where I want to go as well. Mm. Eventually what I want to do is coach. So I've been lucky that the past, since I've been home, unfortunately I've been home, but I'm lucky to be learning as I'm home from Coach Flynn, my dad, Coach Rich Slater, because I've been watching him do the clinics, and Coach Kerry Connolly, who's now the coach at St. Joe's. uh, They've just, I've been learning from them as coaches, so... A lot of mentors, but all in different ways, Mm -hmm. um, different aspects of the game and life. And I just, they've all helped me so much. Yeah. I was going to say, I think Coach Slater is elite. I mean, you just, you could see the command that he has. You could tell that, first of all, his presence is amazing. Mm -hmm. His attention to, I know that the drone was probably upsetting him. (laughs) <laughs> while it was going on. It was pretty cool. I the cool. <laughs> you should have, when, when the little lightning kids were, were doing it, they were like. <laughs> I saw one of the kids trying to like chase it. Yeah. It's it kind of like, funny. Yeah, that's not what I'm, I'm just got act normal, yeah. act normal. But you know, the reason why I didn't go up to you, because I was like, oh, she's into it. I like mm-hmm. this. And you know, even though that the coronavirus has, you know, affected you in one way, it also has this positive benefit that you're around and you're still laying yeah. down your roots as a coach. How did that opportunity come about of you doing these clinics for Lightning? My dad and Coach Flynn are coaching. They coach a few AAU teams, three. And over the past few years, like whenever I could, I'd go help out. Um, whenever I was home from school, 
I'd show up to a practice. I'd go to tournaments with them, help out. One of the teams my cousins are on, so it was easy to go see them. And I just I got close with the girls, honestly, and mm-hmm. just they enjoyed having me around. I enjoyed being there, helping them coach and Coach Flynn, and he really helped me get into helping out coaching them and then with the clinics too because he's part of the clinic, so I've been learning a lot from him too. Mm. And so. it's also got to be an honor to just coach with the coaches that helped you, yeah. your dad, and just seeing a lot of people that you probably see a lot of you in them, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. got to be amazing that you have that opportunity to give back. Is that how you feel when, when yeah, you do it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you see, like, things that you learn from them and now you think that way. Or you see things that maybe you disagree with them on something, but you're still learning how to coach and how to put what your thoughts are and what you've learned from them into actual words mm-hmm. and teaching. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and I wish you luck. I, I could tell that you're going to be – you know, if you keep that tenacity, you're going to be a, a very successful coach. And I, I wish you the best of luck with that. After everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a basketball player? Hard work. I mean, there's something to say about that for sure. I mean, a lot of people just say, yeah, hard work. Like Everyone's got to work hard. But it's the hard work and dedication and the love for the sport that you got to put in. So somebody could be working really hard, but they don't really – they don't love it that much or they don't care too much, so – yeah, they work hard, but are they making that progress? Mm. Are they changing? So for me, that time between my sophomore and junior year, that spring, I really decided, like, this is what I want to do. I'm just going to go after it and get after it. And, I mean, I came to this Island Garden, to the gym every day. Since then, I've been here every day almost. And it's just putting in the time and putting in the effort and – pushing yourself to your limits to because if you're just going through the motions you're not going to get better and so you just really got to push yourselves and play through the mistakes just so that way you learn and make those mistakes and then those mistakes start not happening as much and then maybe you'll make a new mistake but those new mistakes will eventually go away as long Mm. as you just keep working at it that's such a good way to say it you know And, and I think that I think that's really the turning point between somebody being successful and not successful of just acknowledging that you will make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And when you finally get that and you get into a new level that you make new mistakes yeah. and you still got to just, that's, I've never heard it that way, but I like that. I'm going <laughs> to steal that one. You know, obviously this is the, the eve of when you find out uh, if you're going to play. Uh, I want to go back to what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go as a basketball player? Ultimately, I mean, after my college career, I mean, I'd love to, in my college career, win a any 10 championship. That's the goal. I think that's a team goal, but also a personal goal. That's just something I've strived for. In high school, I strived all four years to win a Long Island championship. I finally got it my senior year. With, I mean, we got it. Like It took a lot, but we pushed through, and we finally got that. And now I want the same in college. I uh, want to win the any 10 and then get to the NCAs. I mean, overall, being in the NCAs would be great. Yeah. And winning NCAA would be something it's spectacular. And that would be, like, an amazing goal. But the first step would be winning the NE10 and then getting there, just keep pushing through. And then after that, I mean, after my college career is over, I would like to try and play overseas if I can, see where that takes me, and then 
go from there. Okay, just make sure it's not like a nondescript country that you yeah. have no idea about. Make sure you check <laughs> yeah, out yeah, yeah. this Wikipedia, though. So I, I'm pretty sure you're going to figure it out. So, you know, I did mention that it is the eve of making a decision of mm-hmm. if Assumption College is going to have a season or not. That's got to be tugging on your strings, right? Yeah, and is. you told me off air that half of you feels that it, it is going to happen. Tell me what are both scenarios. So if it doesn't, what does Lauren Hammersley do? Good question. If it doesn't, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to decide, make the decision about going back to school or not. I mean, obviously, I don't want to have to make that decision. I want to know that we're having a season of some sort and just be there and playing. Right. But it comes down to if it's not, just got to weigh my options best. Am I getting, am I going to get more from being here or am I going to go to school? And it's the what ifs that we talked about before. Like, what if I go to school and I get sent home again? Yeah. Or what if I stay here and I could have been at school practicing? Like, tough. you never know. It's tough. tough. Yeah. So it's going to be a hard decision if they say no. So fingers crossed for the yes. Now, if they say yes, what does is, what is Lauren Hammersley do? Grinds. Go back to school. We'll move in probably around January 2nd, I think the move-in date is. Our season should start, like, January 15th, around then, so... And those in that time before our first games, and we we just got to work, 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 get to where we want to be. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you make the best out of any decision that yeah, happens. And, thank you. And I, I'd be happy to still see you if, if you don't. <laughs> so, and I'm not, I'm not refing either. So, you know, it's it's affected tough everyone. Decisions. It's yeah, just tough. It really it's is. just really tough. You but know, what ifs are killing. Yeah. Even today, uh, Uniondale High School and Lawrence High School yep, canceled. I saw that. And I think that's just like the precursor to yeah. The I don't think there's going to be any high school sports, but. You know, I think at the same time, it's like, I mean, think about what the, you know, I, I don't know about the collegiate level, but just more so the high school of saying like, oh, these two kids had positive and it, it's just, mm. it's just so, so hard to, it's so hard, not even, I, I think it's just like the resources that are getting pulled when it doesn't happen mm-hmm. and it's supposed to happen, right? Yeah. Like everyone's here, everyone's ready, but then it didn't happen. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like so weird now. It's like, I got a quarantine for like, I got a quarantine for a hundred days. So I'll <laughs> yeah. see you in six see, months. It's like, <laughs> and it's just like a normal thing yeah. now. Right. It's like, I got to wear my mask. It's it's a normal thing now. Yeah. Like, at first, I mean, when you're wearing a mask, people are like, everyone's wearing a mask. Now it's just normal. Yeah, like, it is. It's crazy. Yeah, it's normal when you're not wearing one. At least yeah. in New York. I don't know about yeah, anywhere yeah. else. Aside from the uh, coronavirus, what do you think is the most stickiest situation that you've ever had as a basketball player? Hmm. That's tough. Nothing too controversial. Maybe you had like four fouls in the first quarter, <laughs> yeah. uh, dislocated your thumb, a championship game. Uh, that's actually pretty funny because I did. So that actually is probably, that's probably it. Mm. My thumb, my senior year, I will have that and something else. So my senior year, I tore a ligament in my thumb two games before playoffs. So we are playing St. John the Baptist, uh, a regular season game, and tore it and came out. My coach didn't want to put me back in. I was like, I got two games left, four playoffs. Can I please go back in? Can I please go back in? I'm not one to ask to go back in, like norm- like if I just got taken out. But it was an injury. I thought I was good to go. It was feeling okay. I went back in, and I airballed a foul shot. I think that was the only and ever airball foul shot I've ever had. Oh, boy. And I was like, okay, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Some- yep. Mm-hmm. Take me back out. So I came back out, um, went to the doctor. It was torn ligament, but... He let me play through the rest of the season, so threw some tape on it, played the next game against St. Dom's, regular season game, 
and then went on to playoffs, lots of tape on it, played Sacred Heart in the semis, got the win, went to play at LA Post against St. John the Baptist and got the win. So wow. it was a tough journey. I didn't know if I was going to be allowed to play, but luckily my doctor was like, we'll let you play. It's the last few games yeah. of the season. It's your senior year. And then after that, we'll see where to go. How much damage you've done yeah. playing. So luckily after that, it was still okay because the tape was a good uh, good barrier. Is it weird now? No, it's okay. I mean, yeah, it's fine. Oh, you're an athlete. I, I see the callus. This is so yeah. my... I dislocated. Mm, it looks like it did. Yeah, I, I dislocated this thing, and I didn't go to the doctor Ugh. in time. So now it's like, yeah, I just got a messed up finger for the rest yeah, of my life. But so that's basketball it's a little, player. It's a little different motion than my other thumb, but it's okay. Oh, I hate jamming my finger. Oh, yeah, just thinking about just it. Tough. And then, so that, and then, equally as hard situation I'd say is my freshman year of college. It was the day before our first season like conference game we had mm-hmm. only played two games before then and it was the first drill in practice and I just landed wrong and broke my foot and had to have surgery and I was out the whole season mm. so I missed my whole freshman year which was that was tough I mean all I wanted to do was be playing and on the court so it was hard especially like it's your first year there like you're so eager to be playing you're so eager to be learning new things and it was tough to miss that season. So mm. th- those were two things back-to-back kind of. I mean, there's a lot of time in between them, but injury at the end of my senior year and injury at the beginning of my freshman year, two tough injuries, but I've bounced back. So. And then the coronavirus. And then the coronavirus, like- <laughs> yeah. But we've gone through that, so <sighs> Man. And hopefully well, we can get through this. And also at the very least, at least in the coronavirus, it's not as if like they are playing without you, Yeah. right? So it's like at least it's affecting exactly. everyone. It's so affecting that- everyone. Probably makes it better. But conversely, what is your best moment thus far as a basketball player? If you had to pinpoint just one of them. Winning the championship uh, my senior year so far. Uh, that, that was like a feeling like no other. We were down pretty big at halftime. It was, there was a lot of negative, not negative, but not positive emotions uh, in the locker room at halftime. And me and some other girls on the team were just trying to stay positive the whole time and we're going to win this, we're going to win this. We never said, like, the words that we weren't going to win this was never uh, never came out of our mouths. It was continuous, we're going to come back, we're going to win this. Just trying to stay positive, and we we did. And when that buzzer went off, there's a picture, actually, <laughs> that was in Newsday, and it, it just describes all of our emotions. you got to send me this picture. I will, yeah. It was... It was a great, great feeling. Um, so, I mean, to do it with the girls and my team was amazing. Uh, my team was, we were just so happy and it was just awesome. Yeah, listen, there's nothing better than in your sport, your senior year, you go out and it's, you'll never forget it. Yeah. Right? It's, that's such a great feeling. Basketball as a whole has done so much for you. It means so much to you. You know, you see yourself dedicating your time. Even when you don't have a college season and it's in limbo, right? You're still at Island Garden. Even today, right before I saw you, you had a clinic before this and you're going to have a clinic after this. And we're just talking about basketball and you know, you've done so much in high school and, and you've been a part of it growing up. What does basketball mean to you? What has it given to you in your life? It's given me so much. I, I mean, the sport is just something that's helped me grow, not only as an athlete, but as a person. I've learned so much from so many different people throughout my basketball career, and I don't I don't know what I would have done without it. 
it's just it's my it gives me that outlet also like especially in these times like the coronavirus just get out there and go play and it's just fun to be around it's a fun sport to watch it's a fun sport to play and it just it means a lot to me yeah and and it had not been for basketball you wouldn't be speaking to me right now yep, so we exactly I love the game just as much as you do Final, final question that I had for you is um, if you had a prediction, when you think all oh, this stuff is just going to get back to normal and I'll be refing and then you'll be playing and I'll give you a hug and then you can <laughs> not wear a mask. and Let's hope the decision tomorrow means we're playing, but it still wouldn't be normal. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think I go back and forth every day. Like, is it going to be over soon? Is it going to be another few years? You know, I can't give a definite answer. I'm fingers crossed maybe by the spring or summer. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? But again, it's something that it's the what ifs. All of us are going through exactly. it, and it'll be something that we both won't forget. But yeah. I thank you for your time. I think you're a remarkable young lady. I continue thank you. continued success with everything you do. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot, and I enjoyed it. So thank I'm you. I'm glad you did. did. See, you weren't as nervous as you thought no, you'd be. See, no. I knew it. Fist bump, just like we always do during the coronavirus time. For Lauren Hammersley, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Ramp. We are signing out. Peace.